Episode 47, Yori Chisholm started BagpipeLessons.com in 1999. The Online Course Guy Podcast. Regular people are taking their knowledge and content and packaging it up in an online course, and they're making a living doing it. Didn't you take some kind of course that covered this stuff? Check it out. It's a good course. It's a good class. Ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready? Here's the Online Course Guy. Jack Hopkins. Let's go, go, go. Hello, everyone. I am Jack Hopkins, and welcome to another episode of the Online Course Guy podcast. Coming at you real soon is the full interview with Yori, who runs BagpipeLessons.com. But first, let me tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, and that is Bonjoro.com. With Bonjoro, you can quickly and easily send short videos, personalized videos to anyone you want. And I choose to use it to thank people that buy my online course. And I think if you have an online course or aspire to have an online course, you should be doing the same thing. Bonjoro makes this so, so easy. And you can get started with a free trial by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. All right, I had Yori Chisholm on the show today and he started BagpipeLessons.com back in 19... 99. And the fact that he started it so long ago is my favorite thing from this episode because I got to ask him about what it was like to start a website back then. You know, he didn't start his actual online course in 1999. He did start it very, very early on, but it was interesting to hear the progression of just starting a website at first and then starting to advertise video lessons. And that's the clip I'm going to play for you real quick is when webcams started to be a thing. And then the really, the, a really huge thing was when webcams came out. And that was really a big thing. I remember I've, I've always been an Apple guy and Apple released this webcam called the iSight camera. I remember, yeah. I remember seeing that and they had this thing called iChat AV and it was video chat like we're doing now. And I thought, Oh, this is it. This is going to be, this is going to be great. Cause one of my mentors, uh, is a, a champion piper who lives in Houston, Texas. So I would, fly down to Houston and have lessons with them. And, you know, there's expense and takes time. And, and, uh, so when this eyesight camera came out, I bought two of them and I sent one to him. And I think we had the world's first bagpipe webcam lesson. So it was just fascinating to hear Yuri go through these sequences of events through this process of what the internet was and how that eventually was able to help him make an online course. Because this time frame, you know, I was kind of in high school and college, and I was not even thinking about starting a web business, starting an online course yet. And so it's just fascinating to me that Yuri had the foresight to register bagpipelessons.com way back in 1999. And now in 2018, it's a very profitable business where he sells his online course. So lots of great insights to hear from somebody that's been around for such a long time. Let's jump into the full interview with Yuri Chisholm. Hey, Yori, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Already getting some water. Hopefully, I'm not making you too nervous this early in the conversation. Not a chance. With a, with a domain like bagpipelessons.com, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you've been around for a while. Yeah, so I think I registered the domain in 1999. So I was just getting out of college and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And um, I'd always... I played bagpipes as a kid and as a hobby and got pretty serious about it and was doing a little bit of teaching. And then um, 
kind of took the leap to see if I could make it a full-time job and the internet was just taking off. So it made sense to get a website. Well, you know, my motivation for starting my website was the four hour work week, which came out, came out many, many, many years after 1999. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you even know that like an online business was even a thing back then? Well, um, in the early stages, I mean, the website was pretty much just like a, a business card, you know, and, um, the idea of selling stuff online sort of had, I don't even really started. Um, definitely wasn't a thing for me. It was like, okay, here's me. Here's my little bit about me. Here's how to contact me. And um, it was just the start of my teaching business, which was not online at all. It was just teaching lessons. And it was the, you know, um, just the, the model that's been around for a long time, which is you're a teacher and you have people that will come to visit you at your house, your studio. So that's what that was. What did you major in in college? I was a psych major and I was pre-med. So if you would have known me when I was a teenager, I was very certain I was going to go to medical school and that's what I was going to do. And um, I knew that, I mean, I was really into playing bagpipes and I was getting pretty good at it, but all of my piping mentors, they all had day jobs. The idea of making it your living doing bagpipes wasn't a thing. You know, there were people who were teachers. And I guess in, in Scotland, there are pipers in the military, and there were a few pipers who had jobs teaching in schools. But the idea of living here in Seattle and making a living off uh, teaching bagpipes wasn't something that anybody was doing. So why do it? I uh, just thought maybe I can do it. Maybe I can be the one who can pull it off, you know. And then with the internet happening, um, there was like a glimmer that things would be changing and there would be more opportunity there. And then the really, the, a really huge thing was when webcams came out. And that was really a big thing. I remember I've, I've always been an Apple guy. And Apple released this webcam called the iSight camera. I remember, yeah. I remember seeing that. And they had this thing called iChat AV. And it was video chat like we're doing now. And I thought, oh, this is it. This is going to be great. Because one of my mentors... Uh, is a, a champion piper who lives in Houston, Texas. So I would fly down to Houston and have lessons with him. And, you know, there's expense and takes time. And, and uh, so when this eyesight camera came out, I bought two of them and I sent one to him. And I think we had the world's first bagpipe webcam lesson. This is before Skype. So um, that was really cool and thought this really works. And then right away I got that up on my website that I'm offering live you know, webcam lessons. And um, so obviously that's a whole thing. Online education is a huge thing. Video chat is a huge thing. And learning um, a musical instrument online is a, is a huge thing. So yeah, I early. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm obviously familiar with that as well, but let me, let me make sure I'm understanding the time frame. You registered the website in 1999 as, as a glorified business card. Eventually mm-hmm. when the technology was catching up, you started doing one-on-one live lessons through the internet. And then eventually you created an online course. Is that a fair mm-hmm. progression? Yeah. Yeah. So in between there, so yeah, I got the webcam thing going about 2003 and then, um, in about three years after that, about 2006, I created some downloadable lessons. And the idea of like an online course sort of wasn't fully fleshed out. But this idea that you could have someone could purchase something like a digital download. And 
I created, you know, these little lessons. I call them tune lesson downloads. So if you wanted to learn a certain bagpipe tune, for five bucks, you could download a little zip file and have a recording of me playing the tune on the pipes, the sheet music, a little, another, what I call the bonus information, which is another little informational sheet, and then a recorded lesson. So me just talking about the tune and the trouble spots, things to look out for, general approaches and learning the tune. And I still sell them today. I'm still selling those, you know, five bucks a pop. And all the classics, Amazing Grace, Scott and the Brave, all the tunes that every piper should know. And then I've got had packages of those. And um, I'd also sell those to my Skype students and to my in-person students saying, hey, you know, I don't have a book. I don't, you know, charge for teaching materials, but I do want you to download my, the tune lessons. So you've got those. And that's sort of our, our teaching materials. Uh, and then let's see, about 2010. I was really into um, hot yoga at the time and uh, my yoga studio is doing a 30 day challenge. And the idea is you come every day for 30 days and you see what kind of amazing um, breakthroughs you can have by really committing to like this 30 day challenge. So I really enjoyed that. And I thought, well, I wonder if I could do a 30 day challenge for pipers. And that's what I did. It was the bagpipelessons.com 30 day challenge. And I, didn't really think it through entirely, but I thought I'm just going to throw it out there, throw it on Facebook, email my list and say, who wants to do this? And I charged 30 bucks for it. Thought, okay, buck a day, see what happens. I got a hundred people signed up, Thought, that's cool. That's $3,000. Now I have to do something for a month. And it was really cool. I mean, I had a few ideas of things that I wanted to, you know, sort of space out over the course of the month, but a lot of it was just coming up with cool little lessons for people to do every day over the course of the month. And um, sometimes it was a new tune or a particular topic, um, a technical topic or some, some other sort of topic related to the piping and people loved it. And I just ran it on blogger. It was just on a blogger page and it was sort of a blog format where I was posting and people were commenting and um, people really liked it and people were into it and they wanted more. So then I created um what, what I call the bagpipelessons.com studio. And that's basically my, my main online. Um, it's sort of, there are courses within it, but it's a, it's a, it's a um, one price gets you everything sort of website. So what I've learned from my tune lesson downloads is that, you know, people like to pick and choose and they like a, a low price point for getting a taste of, you know, some of my offerings, but um I have a lot of stuff that I'd accumulated over the years from teaching one-on-one lessons, from teaching seminars, from teaching at camps and at other types of workshops. I had all this stuff that didn't really fit into like an a la carte program. Um, I just, it was quite daunting to think, how am I going to price all this stuff and how am I going to get it all set up? So I thought, well, I'm going to create a one, this big library that's got everything. And that's what the studio is. So people pay 20 bucks a month to subscribe to that. And you get a bit of a discount if you, sign up for the whole year and just everything's in there. So um, I launched that in 2011 and that's going strong um, and getting people signing up, you know, if not every day, every week I'm getting new people signing up for that. And it's a way that um, I'm actually quite busy now with my one-on-one teaching schedule. I've got a wait list and I'm turning people away, but it's a way that people can get access to some of my teaching material um, 
And I think it's a great value at 20 bucks a month to get access to hundreds and hundreds of lessons and stuff that um, I think is pretty high quality that you're not going to get anywhere else. So, so as, far as, your, as far as your online business goes, I mean, it sounds like through the years, as you've kind of learned tech, new techniques or gotten new ideas, plus technology's gotten better and better. That's how you've kind of shifted and changed and, and come out, come out with these different products or new ways to do things online. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I did a little experiment about a year ago. I threw up a teachable course and that never really took off. Um, it was called learn to play bagpipe tune in 30 days. And, um, I don't, I don't know why it didn't, it, it never really took off, but, um, I haven't been investing anymore in that because it's, it's you know what it is, Yori, is you should have done 21 days instead of 30. Days. Yeah. yeah. That's the that's magic it. number I hear. Okay. Well, I'll have to look into that, but, um, you know, I, I would just, I just was kind of interested to see what one of these sort of teaching online course, um, sort of portals was like, and it was, it was pretty convenient and it all seemed fine. Um, but I don't know if it, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if it's something particular about bagpipes, if I just need to just market it and push it differently. But um, anyway, but the studio is still going strong. And um, within that, because there's, I have so many hours, I've, you know, hundreds of hours of lessons within there. I have sort of courses that I've created within my studio that people can access once they're members, you know, if it's, uh, you know, how to get a really good bagpipe sound, there's a bunch of lessons related to reads and tuning and setup and all that thing. And then there's, other courses in there about technique. Um, I have a, a former student of mine who's a um, former Navy diver and a personal trainer. And I got him to make a bunch of sort of workout videos, the sort of personal training videos, but they're all geared towards specific exercises that would help with bagpipers, upper body and different. Exercises. Oh, cool. So that was, I think the first um, sort of, exercise workout program designed just for pipers, but people really like that. And when I was promoting that a bunch of people signed up because that was a um, unique offering there on my site. Sounds like you're a, you're definitely an innovator in your industry. Well, trying to be. And um, it's like when the webcams came out, there are certain things that you see because you're immersed in your, in your art or your hobby or your craft. And then you, you see something, you go, Hey, that would work. And then it does work. So, so speaking of things working or not, like how much easier is the tech today than it was years ago when you were like, you mentioned having some downloadable stuff back in 2006. Yeah. Well, it's way easier now. I mean, the advice that I got from my brother who's uh, has his own internet related business, the advice that he gave me years ago when I first started my website, he said, do HTML, learn how to do it. So my original site was all HTML that I did myself and um, it worked great. And I'm glad that I learned how to do it, but now nobody has to learn how to do HTML unless, I mean, you just, there's all these really cool, you know, all, all these offerings which are out there. And then with my downloads, I don't even remember the name of it, but there was a little, just a little program that I bought and installed on my site and it just ran it automatically but now you've got woocommerce and all this stuff and all these other offerings just make it so much easier yeah and, and on that same note you know humor me for a second because you registered your domain name in 1999 
And like, what, what did that process even look like back then? I'm assuming you couldn't go to GoDaddy.com and add to cart and check out. There was something like GoDaddy called like Internet Solutions or something. It had some name like that, but it was one of these registry deals. And uh, yeah, I remember there was a website called TromboneLessons.com. And that was the only like something, you know, fill in the blank lessons.com that I could find. And he was, you know, it may even still be around, but I think he was a professor of music somewhere. And it was this really like old fashioned looking website. But I thought, that's it. That's going to be my name, bagpipelessons.com. And it's it's done well for me. Yeah, good. And if you would have known at the time, or if you would have thought about it at the time, and maybe you did, but you could have registered like all the instruments at the time, you know, pianolessons.com, guitarlessons.com. Yeah, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah, I'm sure you'd be a multimillionaire by now. It's just selling those domain names. Yeah. All right, and so let's talk about your website as it stands now. And one thing I always advise people is when when they go to your website, you want to really kind of push them to do one thing. You want to have main one main uh, call to action. And, and that's very clear on your website is that you're trying to get people to join your mailing list. Is yeah. that fair to say? Yep. That's it. That was Great. the, that was the idea with the redesign was sort of that upside down homepage idea, big button, Yep. sign up, get some free information, give me your email address so that I can then, you know, follow up with you. So what happens after I click that button and give you my email address? Uh, you get the, um, you get the thing that I promised you, the informational PDF, whatever it is. And then um, I think there's an automated follow-up that comes in a couple of days and make sure you got it. And um, I ask you a question. I think it's something like, you know, what's your biggest challenge that you faced in your piping? And then I get a lot of responses from that. And that starts a conversation with people. And that's led to just a dialogue because, um, as long as I've been doing this and you think you've heard everything, there will be some really great questions that I hear from people that they're struggling with something. And then often I can um, help them out in the email or I can suggest to sign up for my online lessons or um, recommend a product for them. So that's funny. I do exactly the same thing in terms of that email because within a week of people signing up for my email list, I always, the subject says, what is the, like um, something like, what is your one biggest limiting factor in learning piano? And in the body of the email, it's like, you know, you came to me because you want to learn piano. Like, why haven't you learned to this point? And like you were saying, it's like you, you, you think you get to a point where you've heard everything and then something new comes along that you haven't heard of. But it's a great way to open up dialogue with people and see how you can really help them and then ultimately see if they're a good fit for your online course. And I'm sure that's why you asked the question as well. That's it. Yeah. So some other advice that I got years ago when I, when I was starting up my, my website, also the advice from my brother was he just said, start collecting email addresses. And that's been great advice. And now we all know with the, all the marketing stuff we're doing online, it's like, if you can email people directly, um, that's just the way to go. Do you still get, do you still make sales today from people that join your email list like 10 years ago? I don't know. I haven't gone back. Um, I just recently did a huge sort of culling of my email list and I think 3000 people got dropped because they hadn't clicked on anything ever. So, but um, yeah, I've got people that have been around for a long time and they're very loyal and they read and they click on my emails, you know? So 
What are what are your, some of your favorite like software tools? I was I was just about to ask you what email autoresponder you use, but maybe let me ask you that. You like what are your favorite three uh, online services tools, uh, SaaS products? Um, favorite three. Um, well, I'll tell you one that I've been really enjoying a lot recently is called Clavio, and Clavio is a is an email system that sort of comes automatically or you can set it up really easily to integrate with WooCommerce. And that's been super helpful for me. I, th- I think I heard about it on the, um, my wife quit her day job podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that's just been really cool. What, what sort of got me intrigued about Clavio was the idea of the abandoned cart email. So if someone starts the process of buying something and then they abandon the cart, well, what I have set up to do is to follow up three times with that person. And it's been pretty amazing. And they show you all the stats that you're on all the revenue you're making off those emails. So that's been super, super helpful. Cool. Um, just it. And then the other thing that I did recently with, I, I lost a product last year um, for Piper's that was really successful. That has been really successful. So over the last week, I just emailed all my previous customers of that product to thank them and say, you know, here's a coupon code. You can buy another one or you can share it with your friends. And again, Clavio just made that really easy to sort of target um, people within my list based on their um, history with me as a uh, their customer history. So that's been super helpful. There's there's so many cool tools like that out there and we can't use all of them, but that's, I've never heard of that one. So I'm going to, I'm going to look at Clavio, that a bit. Yeah, really cool. And their, their website's great and um, just has made it real easy to, to do some tweaks and you can do all the drip campaigns and all that sort of stuff. Cool. Um, another one that I like is called ad espresso and ad espresso is basically a portal for creating and managing Facebook ads. And, um, what I really like, what I really like about them is it's, um, it's just real easy to create, um, multiple variations of an ad. So you have this, it's not just A-B testing. It's like you can create like 64 or 128 different versions of an ad and they make it super easy to do that. So um, Facebook has been, um, that's been really um, helpful. It's, that's been a, really good for me doing some Facebook ads to target, again, bagpipers in certain areas of the world, certain demographics. And then you can figure out pretty, it's pretty obvious of the bagpipers, which ones are going to be buying my product. So mm-hmm. try to focus on those. So let's talk about that for a second. The Facebook ads, you are doing that all yourself. Yeah. I, my sister's been helping me a little bit, but mostly on the ad espresso, I've just been doing it on my own. And what's your, what's your goal with the Facebook ads? Are you trying to get people to opt into your email list or just go straight to the order page and buy your course? Um, for the, uh, uh, well, both, but most of the, money that I'm spending on um, my Facebook ads are to try to go straight to the sales. I want to get conversions. So um, I'm doing a lot of just sort of organic Facebook posts and that sort of thing. And some of that is related to signups, but in terms of what I'm spending money on, I'm trying to get those people to buy. Yeah. And let me ask you one more question about that because Facebook ads is certainly an area that, that my business has struggled with. And one of the reasons that I found is just 
figuring out the targeting. And so I don't know if you're just literally typing in people interested in bagpipes, which is very possible, but I can tell you for my business, I can't really do that with people already interested in piano because typically those type of people already play and they wouldn't be interested in a beginner piano course. Yeah. How do you target people on Facebook? You're right. I mean, that, I think that is the hardest thing is the targeting. And um, yeah, so for me, one thing that's been, um, I think probably the most useful is there are lots of pipe bands around the world and there are a bunch of really well-known sort of famous bands in Scotland that have fans. So um, there are a lot of people that are fans of these bands that aren't pipers, but a lot of people that are fans of these bagpipe bands are bagpipers. So I've had a lot of luck, just a lot of success, just targeting fans of these. Of cool. these. And then people who are fans of, of, of my, or follow my site, my various Facebook pages too. Have you done lookalike audiences with your ads? I have tried that. Um, it's just, those are tough. <laughs> I haven't, yeah. I haven't had a lot of luck with those. I don't know. I, I, you know, talking to different people and from what I'm reading, they're saying you got to just run with like for a really long time with a pretty decent budget to even get those things to work. And I haven't been willing to commit to that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, you know, where, where is most of your traffic coming from these days? Good question. Um, in terms of when I see a bump in, in sales, it's usually because of a direct Facebook post that I've made or ad or email. That's the big you, one. It's just when I email people. What are you struggling with most these days? Uh, good question. I think it's getting everything done that needs to get done. So I've gotten to the point where um, that's actually my sort of my goal for the rest of this year and going forward is to try to um, delegate and outsource now. And mm, you asked me about, are you doing all that Facebook ad stuff yourself? And I'm now I'm just getting to the point where I'm realizing that I need, I need help. So um, I just have been reading this book, The Million Dollar One Person Business. Have you seen yeah. this book? Well, that's, uh, I think Tim Ferriss had a, had a episode of his podcast here recently about that book. Yeah, really interesting book, but it's the, basically the idea is if you do want to take things to the next level, whatever you're, however you define success, uh, one person, you've you got to get help. So that's where I'm at is trying to um, find things that can be done by someone else and can probably be done in a more cost-effective way at a, and be done better. So that's my, that's my, that's my goal here. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're thinking about that because there's no reason that you shouldn't just be focusing on what you're, what you are the expert at. And that is the bagpipe part of things. Right. And you don't necessarily need to be doing the web design and the Facebook ads and the graphic design and all that. And so you take piano in 21 days, for example, I've got nine very part-time people that work for me. And that's the reason that I only have to work on it a little bit of time each week. And it's mostly automated and outsourced. Um, yet still brings in just as much money as it ever has. So that's really cool that that's like your big objective going forward. And we can maybe talk a little uh, off air about, you know, some, some directions you could go for finding really good people. Cause that's the other thing you can't just outsource to anybody. You got to outsource it to the right people as well. Right. Well, I think that's a big challenge. It's just, you know, especially when you're so busy and you're used to doing things all yourself, it's sort of like, the thought of like, okay, now I have to do this additional thing, which is like, go find people. Then that's, <laughs> that's a barrier to it, right? It's going to get worse before it gets better. That's what they always say. Right. So speaking of that, what, what does your day-to-day look like these days? So 
Uh, I'm teaching probably around 20 hours a week of one-on-one -on -one lessons. Uh, some of those are in person here at, at my house in Seattle. Um, about three-quarters of those people are on Skype. So about 20 hours a week doing that. And then the rest of the time is um, trying to do all this other stuff, you know, doing stuff on Facebook and Instagram, tweaking my ads, following up with people, um, customer service kind of kind of stuff, and then trying to find time to work on some longer-term projects, developing new products. That's really that's that's sort of my main. Um, motivation for trying to delegate and outsource some of this stuff is that I, so I can have more time to be thinking about, well, what's the next thing and well, what's the next thing going to be after that? So let's say hypothetically you graduated in 2018 instead of 1999 and you came into, you know, the technology that we have today, uh, bagpipelessons.com is probably not going to be available. Mm -hmm. uh, I, that was, that was probably an ob obvious choice back in 99. Any idea what domain you might've registered today? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> the actual domain name? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Gosh, I don't know. You never uh, had to think about it, I guess. Yeah, well, it's pretty generic, you know, and actually it's been something that I've been thinking about um, lately is, you know, my business has expanded to be more than just bagpipe lessons. So is, do I need a more, a broader name? And I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, that's, that's an interesting conversation because you look at a guy like Steve Nixon who runs freejazzlessons.com. Like, how do you make money from freejazzlessons.com? Well, as it turns out, he made a course, he charged for it, and there was no problems, you know? And it's still on free. It's like some of this stuff's free, yeah. Yeah. But, the, I mean, he gets away with it because he's got a ton of free jazz lessons on freejazzlessons.com. But if you do want to take it a step further, then you can. So I don't think it's as important as it may seem. Yeah, well, that, that brings up a really interesting sort of question, and I don't know the answer to this, and, but it's sort of like, the, what is the balance between free stuff versus paid stuff, right? And I don't have that much free stuff out there. I think I've got a few YouTube videos, and um, to get most of my content, you gotta, you got to sign up or, or download something. But then I think about all the stuff that I consume, all the really cool podcasts, all the really great YouTube channels. It's like, I don't pay for any of that, you know? So how would I have ever heard of those people if they weren't putting all this really good quality stuff on YouTube? So I don't know what the answer is if you've got a sort of a, a formula or, or um, a recommendation, but um, yeah, I don't know. Well, you're, you're obviously doing a lot of things right. So um, I don't think that you need to change much, but I will tell you that I do get a lot of feedback from people because um, I, one of the main ways that people buy from me is through my email list. And out of every hundred people that opt in, only about three, three, three of them will actually buy. And so I do get feedback like, oh, I'm just going to take some, do some free videos on YouTube instead of buying your course. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, but that's probably not going to work. And the biggest reason somebody is going to take an online course like yours over just going to YouTube and searching for bagpipe lessons and clicking on something that's free is it's an all encompassing step-by-step -step program. Mm -hmm. You don't get that on, you don't get that on YouTube. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose it's not for everybody, you know, people, some people just want to poke around and they want to dabble and other people are more serious and they're willing to commit. And when you're purchasing something, you're, that's what you're doing. You're committing. So 
Um, yeah, in the early days, of, you know, as, as all this stuff started to propagate on YouTube, I used to look through there and get annoyed at some of the low-quality stuff that was on there. But then I realized that, you know, it's a big world. There's a lot of people, and not everybody's going to be my customer, and that's okay. So, so next, let me get some, uh, let me get some advice from you for the people listening out there. Uh, picture somebody that has a passionate about passion about a topic like you did coming out of college in 1999 with bagpipes. And they're the very beginning stages of this and maybe just getting the idea to start an online course. What, what kind of advice do you have for that person? Good question. Um, hopefully you don't say don't do it. Well, I wouldn't, I would say it's not for everybody, you know. I, I mean, if you're if you're going to do a if you're going to do something on the side and you want to just kind of dabble at it, that's different. But if you're gonna if you're gonna commit and this is like something that you're going to do, this is going to be your you're going to go in this in this in this direction. Um, I think it's a great way to go. I, I love the idea of having sort of a, a really small business and and having the opportunities to innovate and to do lots of different things. I really like that. Um, I think, and this is sort of my advice, if it's an online course, if you're just going to go out and teach something, is to find your unique voice, um, to find what it is that makes you different and appealing to a potential student or customer. So in my world, you know, like I'm very accomplished and I've won various awards in, in the bagpiping world and um, some prestigious ones. But there's always people that are, have won more. You know, they're the guys who I've learned for, so like I've learned from. So it's not about being the very best. I think it's about being yourself and delivering a really good product. You obviously have to have some sort of credential or experience or information that's valuable to people. But if you can put your own personal there's something about you as an individual that makes it unique and appealing. Um, I think that's what you, what you want to focus on. Yeah, I right. think that's also a big reason to move forward, even if somebody's already doing it too, is that nobody's doing it the way that you would be doing it. That's right. That's right. You know, so there's, you know, you just think about how many people are teaching piano lessons out there in the world or bagpipe lessons or whatever instrument that with the internet now, you can find the person that's a really, really good fit. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you're not um, constrained by geography. So. Exactly. Well, look, uh, Yori, it's been a, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit and your story and more about your business. Uh, so to wrap things up, if you could just let us know if there's anything else you want to share and where people can connect with you online. Yeah. So my um, website is bagpipelessons.com. And uh, if you want to learn more about me or uh, my business or to get in touch with me, you can just find me there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Everything's bagpipe lessons. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks, Yori. And that's going to do it for another episode here at the Online Course Guy podcast. You can find all the show notes with links and all the good stuff at theonlinecourseguy.com slash 47. And I want to thank our sponsor again, Bonjoro. You can get your free trial of Bonjoro by going to bonjoro.com slash Jacques. That's bonjoro.com slash J-A-C-Q-U-E-S. And I want to tell you about my free online workshop that I've got going 
for you at theonlinecourseguy.com. If you want to create your own wildly profitable online course or you already have an online course and it just has not reached your goals yet, this training is for you. Check out my online course workshop at theonlinecourseguy.com and stay tuned for the next episode. I think our next guest probably has set the record for everybody on the show so far in terms of how much she's actually made from our online course, which is about $4 million proofreadanywhere.com's Caitlin Pyle joins us in the next episode on how she on how to make seven figures from courses and outsource almost everything along the way. Stay tuned.